experience. My name is Elias Chavez, and this is my co-host. Noah Wilder. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Welcome yep. welcome back. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And man. happy birthday. Oh, dude, you remembered. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it, it's not my birthday. But if you want to message us and tell me happy birthday, you can do so. <laughs> every, every day is his birthday. Every, yeah, like Frosty the Snowman rules. Um, it's still winter. <laughs> every so day I I'm alive. It is my birthday. <laughs> it is the day of my birth. <laughs> I don't count... <laughs> I don't count my life in years. They'll just be too depressing. I count my life in hours. <laughs> I, yeah. that That's a Frosty move. Frosty Frosty needs to find a shorter measurement because Frosty cannot stay alive for longer than... <laughs> I'd say like three days. Uh, it depends on where he is. Yeah. Um, where we are, a week. Tops. Max, yeah. Max. Yeah. There's always going to be one day that just, oh, yeah, 36 degrees. And he's like, bye, Frosty. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, no, <laughs> just Fro- barely. <laughs> Frosty the Snowman's life is like at the end of, is like on a tightrope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very close to dying I, at all times. At all times. No, I, I, and I mean, they even show that in the old movie, but like, I, I do really enjoy the idea of like Frosty and he like freezes a little, or he like, he like melts a little bit. Because this happens all the time here because of how much the weather fluctuates. But, like, melts just a little bit, and then it gets below freezing again. And then he just he just has, like, a fine layer of ice around him. <laughs> because he, he just, he's frost, he, he defrosted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see him, like, refreeze, and he's, like, all malformed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> um, but it was like sloth from the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I, I do. I do really like that movie. Hmm. Anyways. All right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. We're here to talk to each other and you guys about um, two different movies today mm-hmm. uh, and a gospel or christian related message that we found in them so you can take that talk to each other about it talk to us about it and uh just bring god into more conversations in your life um elias do you have an icebreaker this week yes i have an icebreaker i do have an icebreaker okay shoot shoot what the icebreaker what a gun (laughs) (laughs) no um here's the question okay so i was thinking about it um i want to ask you a I want to ask you this question. So, so New Year's, it's uh, it's pretty American mm-hmm. the way that we celebrate New Year's. Is it? I I feel like it is. Um, we're just like, oh man, it's the beginning of a new year. Time to like scream outside and shoot explosives into the air and and watch a ball dr- fall down. Yeah, yeah wa- you know, watch something fall. Well, the from- ball is on fire. Yeah, yeah, the ball is on fire. I'm gonna get together with all my friends and we're gonna we're gonna drink profusely. Like and we're gonna make out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And kiss the first person. And everyone, everyone's like, whoa, America, chill. <laughs> it's just 2023. Anyways, um. So my it's not even a, it's not even an even number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if it was 2024, <laughs> then we'd understand. Right, right. 2025, maybe a multi losing. Right, but multiple of five. <laughs> no, uh, but okay. So with this being said, um, how would you pitch making the way that we celebrate New Year's every year even more American? Oh. Okay. I want to know, like, what 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 is your pitch um, to to make New Year's um, perhaps less festive, but more <laughs> aggressively American? Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I say instead of New Year's and New Year's Eve being the holiday, mm-hmm. the whole first of the week, first week of the year. Yeah. That's just nonstop. <laughs> It's just, it's just constant fireworks. All drops every night. Yeah, at midnight. And then we all vote on which night was the real New Year's, and then we scoot the calendar over. There you go. Every year. That's pretty American. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it more American, but it's just more partying. It's more partying. We get more to time vote off on work. it. Yeah, we more time off work. More we voting. Get to vote. 
And, like Americans. And, and not only that. More people would vote on that than the presidential election. Oh, 100%. And it would it would just be everyone being like, it was it was Saturday. It was as far forward as possible. <laughs> oh, also, the only food you can eat is hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always found that so funny that they're like, oh, happy 4th of July. Anyways, time to have a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> like, I don't. How many hot dogs do you think you could eat? In one sitting? Yeah, just like in under an hour. Under oh 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 down. I think I I think I could eat twenty. Twenty. But like twenty? Yeah. One every five minutes. Like really pace yourself. I can eat one in like under a minute and oh, not yeah. even like be trying. Yeah. Like I've done this. <laughs> yeah, I've done this. No, because I don't like, know if we've eaten twenty, but I've definitely eaten like twelve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And that's over the, the course thing. of like two hours. Yeah. So like just doubling that would not be that difficult. Yeah, you're like you're like just like actually trying. No, yeah. I understand. Uh, like, I'll just be like at a event and there just be like forty hot dogs that have been made. I just walk by, grab one, eat it. Talk to some people, walk by, grab one, eat it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and your body doesn't expand. Yeah, like and that's the. I feel like. I have more room in my stomach mm-hmm. every time I eat a hot dog until I hit the limit. Yeah. And then I'm just full. And then you're like, no, no more. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. Hot dogs are, are it are, honestly, you're just eating the bread. The meat has no <laughs> nutritional. It part of your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not in your stomach. <laughs> it's just mass. <laughs> Um, um new it's just a new place that cancer might form in the future but like it it doesn't actually <laughs> do anything um i don't know i feel like in in an hour cuz like i was thinking in a sitting i could like easily put away like like maybe like 8 <coughs> like if you put 8 hot dogs in front of me i feel like i could just like okay, finish that follow up. and then be done if uh, you were to go to a okay. restaurant and get like a hot dog meal how many hot dogs would you have to have on your plate for it to be a meal um and we're just talking like hot dogs like yeah. maybe maybe mustard you know yeah whatever condiments you want are just like there sure you don't have they're just plain hot dogs coming out with with a bun <laughs> with a bunch just a bunch of sad sausages um still cold from the ice bath um no i i'm going to say i say 5 5 hot dogs yeah i get that that's I, that's a good number <laughs> i feel anyway. i feel like an average hot dog meal is probably like 2 which is why i don't get them uh a foot long hot dog that's one meal though <laughs> Yeah, no. Somehow. It, you double I it? Eat, I could eat four normal hot dogs, which would be two foot-long hot dogs. Yes. But if I eat one there foot-long is, hot dog, I am completely full. You you know that old, like, psychology experiment of, like, oh, if you get a smaller plate... You get full faster. Yeah. And it works. But that's definitely, like, the hot dog thing. Like, that's that in real time. Like... <laughs> no, that, no, that... The hot dog is the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, so moving on from hot dog talk, yeah. how would you make New Year's and New Year's Eve more American? Um, at this point, I feel like I have to incorporate hot dogs in my answer somehow <laughs> to like, why did you guys talk about hot dogs for so long? I don't think, I think um, they want us to stop talking about hot dogs. Probably, um, but no, um, I was thinking like, it's just, it, it's just like, tacked on to the end of new year's so it's like new year's okay so you know because yeah, new year's eve is the real holiday yes and then new year's day is just the fun day you have off maybe where you don't really do anything right you know, it's because you one day off and it's yeah. not guaranteed to be guaranteed to be a friday or a monday yeah so whatever but yeah anyway. right <laughs> and so my my pitch um new year's eve the ball dropping, it hits. It's now New Year's d- n- night day. New and Year time. New Year time. You have nothing to look forward the to. Beginning of writing down the wrong year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but lo and behold, what do you have to look forward to? Nothing. Nothing except for broken New Year's resolutions. And so I propose to you the most American of sports, the monster truck rally. 
<laughs> so after New Year's, there is uh, there is a mandatory ticket sent to your home for participation to a three-day all-access VIP monster truck rally event. And uh, yeah, and that's going to be my pitch is just after like afterwards, um, you have to attend a monster truck rally. And if you don't, um, you will be legally pursued as being a red spy. Uh, <laughs> because only a communist would not like a monster truck rally that lasts three days to celebrate <laughs> the coming of the new year. Every Instead of like, you know how the Chinese calendar has... This year's the year of the dragon. Oh, yeah, this yeah, year's yeah. This year's the dog. This yeah. year's the pig. This one's the snake. This one's the chicken. Yeah. Whatever. Ours are like different motocross <laughs> yes. vehicles. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. year's the year of the monster truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're this like, year's the year of the motor. <laughs> yeah, it's like obviously privileged people sports. Like <laughs> <laughs> This year's the year of water polo. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Lacrosse. <laughs> Everyone gets into lacrosse yeah, yeah, yeah. for one year for out of one twelve. Year. Yeah, <laughs> I really like this idea. Just, uh, just the championship pre- is next New Year's Eve. Yeah, and put your lacrosse team together, people. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Little League. They just like have a giant map. Yeah, of like voting districts. Every voting district gets their own <laughs> lacrosse team. That's amazing. <laughs> and then we all battle it out. Finals or New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. There What's more American than sports? More, uh, more American. Yeah. Uh, guns and sports. Guns and you know what's sport. more American? There's a than video game. Is tailgating. <laughs> tailgating is pretty. Oh, tailgate mandatory tickets to tailgating. <laughs> tailgating at the. New Year's Eve. Tailgating the lacrosse events. <laughs> Nobody goes in to watch the lacrosse game, but they're all Empty tailgating. stadium. Full parking the, the, the Even the players are taking part in the, the tailgate. Yeah, there's no game happening. <laughs> they're like, let's go! <laughs> no, you asked what's, what's, uh, <laughs> what's bigger than, than sports, and I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, raising minimum wage? I, <laughs> That's not something that America does. What are you talking about? I don't know. Just being like, yeah, minimum wage. We should really do that. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should. Making promises we don't intend on keeping. That's American. <laughs> well, I mean, we already do that on New Year's. <laughs> They're mostly promises so, yeah, to it's ourselves. Like, it's already American. I'm saying it's a pretty American. Like, <laughs> when you think about it, it it's roots- culturally speaking pretty deeply american anyways um with this with this uh conversation out of the way um <laughs> now that we've checked that box um anyway, yeah if you want to tell us how you would change new years uh to make it more american in your opinion uh let us know at ocvpod.com or at ocvpod on facebook or twitter or o-c-v-e-p-o-d at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you you want to get into the feature presentation uh yeah you go first um you wrote a lot of stuff down there i don't worry about it uh, you're gonna skip like 80 percent. i mean you know typically when i put a bunch down i i, I tend to kind of hit the fast forward because i'm like i i know what i'm talking about <laughs> um but i'm gonna talk about tenant yeah because it's a new year so we're hitting rewind. We're hitting. We're gonna hit the rewind. Wow! <laughs> reverse, reverse. Uh, no. You know who pulled the biggest reverse card in history? The biggest reverse card in history. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ! Himself. I was yeah. gonna say. I would... <laughs> Tenet. <clears throat> yes. So Tenet, uh, basically, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> Christopher Nolan movie. It's really good. That's what. That's what. I'm yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know. I, f- spoilers for those of you who have not seen Tenet, because I don't know how to discuss the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, then it's probably because you didn't want to see it. <laughs> this is true. Um, I really wanted to see it. And so I went to see it. I watched it. 
alone in the theater, and it was one best of experience of your one of the best. <laughs> ah, mm, so good. Um, Being alone in a theater and watching Tenet, there's no one there to be like. This doesn't make any sense, and like throw their popcorn and <laughs> walk out of the bar, and then like come back twenty minutes later to be like, honey, I why? still don't get it, <laughs> honey. Why is that car moving backwards, <laughs> Stephanie? If you don't put down your phone now, <laughs> yes. I'm behind. I'm sitting directly behind them, and all they hear is just like the sound of metal on metal as I sharpen my blade, <laughs> just breathing heavily. <sighs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> anyways uh tenet um john david washington he is the main character his name is the protagonist he has no name he doesn't have a name the credits just name him as the protagonist um he's playing himself he's play. yeah <laughs> you know john david washington that's actually not legally his name. It's the protagonist. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then um, Robert Pattinson um, is his so- sidekick. His buddy. His buddy. His partner. His partner. There you go. We're good. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll go with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, good, good film. Big thumbs up. Much yay. Really like. Um, it, it, like I said, it's a time travel but it's a more complicated form of time travel. Um, basically, they're trying to stop World War III because, you know, time travel exists. So World War III is going to happen. Um, but you're like, okay, so every movie has its time travel gimmick. What's the time travel gimmick here? The answer is <laughs> pretty funny. Um, here's the deal. You can't jump back in time but you can walk there there's a machine that allows quote-unquote time travel and it does it by allowing you to like quite literally like just go back in time time starts going backwards but you have to live through that time that is going backwards yeah and it's still going at the exact same rate so you go into the time machine the time machine does a little funny spinny thing you come out on the other side of the room and now you are to everyone else moving backwards um because you are moving back through time um and then to you everyone on the other side of the time stream also looks like they're moving backwards because while you're going back they're going forwards um so yeah yeah so all the time travel has already happened mm-hmm. but and- also needs to happen so <laughs> yes so that this moment can happen yes right S- Exactly. So at no point in time do you ever change the past because you changing the past allows people to do stuff in the present going forward into the future. So everything that you do is already shaped. And so originally um, this whole conversation um, was going to be a thing about uh, like God's will and providence and like you can't change your you know like your destiny essentially which is still true um <laughs> like obviously that nothing nothing there is invalid those are all equally true and those could be pulled from this but that's not what I'm not what I'm going to harp on um there's an interesting question about this um since time is so relative to specifically perspective um the protagonist is at one point told because they start, you know, understanding the time travel because at first they're like, what is happening? Because like, you know, you can put like, for example, a gun in the um, in the little reverse time flow machine. And then, you know, there's this woman, she like picks up the gun and she like points it at this wall, this ballistic wall that already has damage in it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, and Tenet's like, okay, she's going to shoot the wall. But instead, the cracks in the wall start, like, fixing themselves, and the bullets, like, jump back into the gun. And so what had been, you know, an empty gun before is now, like, a fully loaded gun, the bullets and the gunpowder and everything. It's all one tight little package again um, because it has it's, – it's run its course, you know. That mm-hmm. gun was going backwards, but now it's going – still going backwards and they're going forwards boom 
that's that moment of contact, whatever. The point is, it's perspective, and the protagonist is told this because is like quite explicitly told, you have started looking at the world in a new way. Um, but that doesn't change anything. That doesn't change his reality. Only the perspective there shifts. The protagonist is traveling back in time um, in order to... Um, in order to protect people, in order to do like protagonist hero things. Um, that's just exactly what it is. And throughout the entire course of the movie, um, we see things at the beginning and we're like, what the heck is going on? And then if you watch the movie and those sequences where they go backwards, you're like, who, like there's, you know, at one point there's like a fight in an airport and you're like, what is happening here? Who are these weird people who are dressed all in black? Um, mm-hmm. that they're fighting and then you find out who they are, <laughs> um, later on in the movie and you're like, oh, okay. You know that now I understand that now I have that context. Um, so yeah, um, that's, that's how that works. Um, specifically in the Bible, this happens like so many times. Um, there are stories of, of similar perspective changes in the Bible. Um, I'd say one of the, one of the biggest and, and most important of those is specifically God changing the name of Abram to Abraham. I'm going to talk about three of these. Um, times where God like goes and like, hey, I know you were born in this way, but we're going to stop that real quick. Um, so there's God changing Abram to Abraham. Uh, he's still like when he does that, um, nothing really changes. So I'm going to read the passage for this one. I'm not going to read the other passages for the others too, but, uh, for Genesis 17, three through eight, um, Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be Abram. Uh, your name will be Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. Um, the meat and potatoes of that is effectively um, in order to mark his covenant with Abram, he changes his name and it's like, this isn't going to do anything for you, but you're not going to be Abram anymore. You will now be Abraham and you're going to have many, many, many descendants because you will be very prosperous and where you live, it's, it's effectively yours now. Um, it will be delivered to you because that's just how we do things here. Um, (laughs) but it didn't change the like day to day reality of what Abraham now (laughs) was, um, living through, uh, him and his wife Sarai were still childless. They didn't have kids, which was like the main thing that they were praying for. Um, and so like with that, Abraham had an opportunity to become very bitter and frustrated. Um, but that's not what happened. The name changing represents this way of looking at his past and this way of looking at his future and understanding like this was this like defining moment of, um, of like understanding that like, okay, going forward, things are, things are different now. Um, and just with that comes a confidence of, of God's future promises that'll, that'll kind of come to pass there. Um, and then similarly, the two other ones are simply when, when Jacob is renamed to Israel, um, Jacob goes and he's going to, you know, he, he fights an angel, Jesus, someone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very likely that this is a, uh, what is it called? A Christophany. Yeah. Um, in this circumstance, because it's God, but mm-hmm. like it's, the text very clearly implies this is God. Yeah. Um, but it also says it's a man mm-hmm. that appeared in the desert. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, well, it's a God and a man, so I guess that's just jesus yeah (laughs) yeah um because like he wrestles with with this man in the desert in the night yeah and then he gets the name israel meaning Mm -hmm. he who wrestles with god yeah so he wrestled with god but that was just some random man but somehow jacob knew that was god and so the only way we can truly explain this now with like information of 
oh jesus yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh who is god in human form yeah that's the same figure whether it was the same human body or not who knows but sure that was the son in the trinity yeah there's there's not really another explanation for that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah funny bible things um but that's another thing is that like these christophanies and these uh typologies yeah in the old testament and jesus himself says he like walked with men uh and explained like all all the times he had appeared in the old testament and everything yeah like now we get it it's like you read the old testament and i think you're supposed to get this idea of like something more is happening with god yeah you know samson's parents have the same idea of they see a man and they think they're going to die because they knew it was God. And they know if you see God, it's gonna, they're going to die. Yeah. So, and like, so there is this other aspect of God that functions differently. Yeah. And then God or Jesus uh, and his incarnation is the fulfillment and explanation of those things. Yeah. Um, but like that's kind of what you're talking about with the movie of. Exactly. Partway through the movie, you start to understand. Oh, that's what I saw. Yes. That's who that was. Yes. Now I get it. Yes. Um, and it's not because there's some mystery around it. It's just because you didn't get the full picture yet. Yeah. Because as you follow someone through the movie, they're going back and forth through time. So it's not as if there's some mystery and now you get the clue and now you understand it's just following one person. So in the Bible, it is following God essentially as the main character, following Jesus as the main character, but you didn't realize he was there until you do. And you're like, Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like looking at the old Testament, you're like, who is the main character? And it's not until you get to the new Testament that you're like, Oh, wait a minute. There's three main characters. <laughs> I've been bamboozled. But there's only one main character. It's like when I go from reading Percy Jackson to the Heroes of Olympus. (laughs) I can keep up with all these narrative changes, Rick Riordan. No. um, (laughs) Riordan? Is it Riordan? I think it's Riordan. Oh, I I mean, ever since I was a kid, I always pronounce it Riordan, but like, I, anyway, I could be very wrong. Anyways, um, but no, 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 you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's definitely like this idea of, you know, where, where we look at the New Testament and we live in, well, the New Testament, we live in this new covenant. We live with this new understanding of, the fact that the Old Testament is fulfilled, all of those prophecies and all of the everything that has happened in the Old Testament, boom, done, check mark. There was one guy and he did all of that. Um, and that's where Jesus comes in. Um, and so getting back to this, uh, similarly, um, looking at Jacob from like similar similar to, to Abram going to Abraham, we look at Jacob and he gets renamed to Israel. Um, Israel. And, um, that doesn't like change anything for him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, cool. My kids are going to be as numerous as the stars. Thanks, desert man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but then like, he still has to go and confront his brother afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he still has to deal with the fact that he's like, man, and like, my brother hates me. And has, like, every reason to hate me. Because <laughs> I am Deceiver. Yes. I like my new name a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool. I went Not- from con man to wrestles with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got a little more physical in my profession. I... <laughs> um, but yes, anyways, yeah, that, so that's, that's that, like that, that is the epitome of this idea, I think. Um, but then I wanted to look at a New Testament example of that as well. And there's Simon, who specifically is just like a fisherman dude, um, <laughs> and literally travels with Jesus for many years. Um, and as soon as Jesus meets him, he's like, hey, Simon, like calls him out by name and is like, that's that's not who you are anymore. You're Peter and you are my disciple. You are one of my chosen. You are going to be this apostle of mine. You're, you know, this is going to be a really big deal. And then also Peter is like notably very bad at understanding exactly what Jesus is doing on earth. Um, Yeah. But also his name means 
rock. Yes. And so, and God or Jesus says, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. And so like Peter is given this name. Yeah. And he like it isn't because anything about him has changed, like you said. Yeah. And it isn't because he's done anything mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. It's a prom. It's essentially the, like a promise. Yeah. Of who you will be and what you will do. Yeah. And like you were saying, he has to go live that out now. Right. Anyway, continue. No, I mean you're you're completely right. Um, yeah, he still has to do a lot of work when it comes to actually understanding both Jesus's purpose um, as well as like what his purpose is. He's like, okay, I went from being like literally just a fisherman to like having to spread the gospel um, <laughs> to the ends of the earth. Um, so yeah, no, their situations never change. Um, their, I mean, their lives are fundamentally different now, but it's because of this perspective shift. They're still the same person that they like woke when they woke up that day. They woke up that day the same person as when they went to bed, but they now understood that there was like this daily shift that they had to go through. Um, I believe the word is sanctification, um, <laughs> as they like had to align themselves more and more with what God's will is, um, getting, I guess, back to, back to Peter here, um, just to say that like for him, you know, by the time that we get to Jesus's crucifixion, like Jesus and Peter were pretty tight. Um, and Peter, like furthermore, like is a pretty big player as far as, you know, acts, um, just like this early, like what, what, how is the church getting started? Peter's very, um, fundamentally rooted in that whole thing. Um, just how like Abraham and Israel were before him. Like, this is, this is a big deal. Their lives were changed, but there's a growing pain there as they came to like, Oh, now that I know this thing, now that I know this difference, um, I can actually live that out. And I just think that that's something that's really interesting about the storytelling of Tenet and how that kind of mirrors the entire point of the gospel is, yeah, no, uh, if you read the old Testament, all of the information is there Mm -hmm. and just like God just gives you a thumbs up and it's like, there it is all of the information and then you read the new testament and god's like yeah the information didn't change you just got to see it from a different angle now you you didn't you know i guess you could make the argument of you did learn something important that is the messiah did come um (laughs) but you you get this this new information drop and it just completely shifts the prism so to speak like the light being refracted through that crystal is now entirely different because the angle that the light is shining through is completely different. You're just going to get a different image now. Um, same crystal, same information, same gospel truth. It just is, it's just fundamentally different. It looks different. You see it differently now. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. So yeah, anyway, that's, uh, that was what I want to talk about. Tenet and, uh, changing, changing your perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And, like specifically in Tenant, like you were saying, um, like you, the beginning of the movie is this like shootout in a opera of people that are all uh, asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go on to that one, the scene in the airport. And yeah. there's this guy who's all dressed in black. You can't tell who he is. And he's like fighting backwards. Like he's reversed. Yeah. What is it called? In the movie. I don't Inverse. remember. In, and that might be it. I can Google it real quick, but I don't um, remember the name. And then later, there's a car crash that's happening backwards, and you're like, "What the heck is happening?" And then, yeah, 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 and then the, and then you keep going <clears throat> on and on, and you realize, oh, that was actually the main character in that shot, and that was actually this other character in this shot, and that's why that car crashed, and, the, and it all clicks. But like like you're saying, they have those characters have to go forward and fulfill that thing, right, in order for you to see that in the beginning because they're going to go forward and then switch to the other side and go backward. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it is indeed a turnstile machine. One of the, like the little circular boys that you like walk yeah. through and they count the people at like subways and stuff anyway, but it's called a turnstile machine. And, um, 
yeah, it, it is indeed time inversion. So there yeah, you go. And, yeah, they're inverted. And so, like, how this plays into the movie more specifically is that you're watching and you see things and you don't quite understand it and stand them. And then you're still following this one main character. And then you see, oh, that's how that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not just talking about God without any reference to the movie here. <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway i i'm gonna talk about violent night <laughs> yep have you seen it i have not but okay. you and your wife <laughs> i mean i expected as much i i figured it was fun it's good enough yeah it looks like a fun it's movie. exactly what it needs to be and nothing more <laughs> good <laughs> no <Noah> wilder <laughs> 2022 <laughs> Anyway, so the premise of the movie Santa Claus is in this house. Coming down. What? <laughs> you said Santa Claus is coming to town. Coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Anyway, so Santa Claus is in this house on Christmas Eve uh, night delivering presents as he does. And the house goes under siege because some thieves are trying to pull a Hans Gruber and steal a bunch of money on Christmas Eve night. Because of some inadvertent gunshots, the reindeer fly off without Santa, and he is stranded in this house that is under siege by these uh, violent criminals. Uh, Mm. So he also discovers a little girl is in danger, and she is on the nice list. So now he is obligated to help out. And also he wants to, but, you know, it's, he's busy that night, you know? Yeah. Uh, he has stuff to go do, you know? So he's not really, like, gung-ho about taking out these people. Right. Because <laughs> he's... Essentially, he says, um, like, I deliver gifts. That's what I do. I don't get involved in people's lives. Yeah. Um, but then he finds out this little girl's there and he's like, ah, come on. I guess I do have to help. Uh, That's, that's really funny. I'm glad to know that like Santa has like a really healthy work-life balance. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I I have one job. (laughs) One job. I'm going to get done. I need to go home. I'm tired. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, anyway, (laughs) but eventually he brutally kills all the bad guys in the house. Awesome. And saves the day. Uh, so in addition to that, the parents and the other relatives of the little girl, whose name is Trudy, obviously they do not believe that Santa exists and don't believe in him. They don't know who this guy in their house is, but they don't mind him saving their lives. Uh, at the end of the movie, Santa's luck runs out and he gets shot several times in the torso. Uh, so Santa is laying on the ground and he dies. Oh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Trudy then explains that if every enough people believe in him, the Christmas magic will save him. Uh, (laughs) uh, Not really explained why that is, but there's also this running joke out throughout the movie that even saying is like, it's Christmas magic. I don't, it, it's just, that's how it works, man. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) I like that. I don't. I could not explain it to you. I get. I don't fully understand it, but that's, that's what it is. It works. Uh, so the parents and the grandparents and the other relatives uh, at the house say that they don't know if he is the real Santa, but they do believe that the man in front of them exists and that he did in fact save their lives. And then that belief is enough to save Santa and bring him back. The point is that they believed in what they could. And that was good enough. Hmm. Uh, so two points about this concept that I'm going to talk about. First, um, I'm going to talk about Mark 9, 23 and 24. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Uh, so in this passage in Mark, there's a, there's a man whose son is um, possessed by a demon and he's prone to violent fits of rage and the demon will like throw him into the fire and try and drown the son and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and he brings the, um, the boy to Jesus and he says, please help my son if you can. And Jesus replies like it, everything is possible if you believe that it is. Um, and you believe that I can do it. And the father cried out like, God, I believe you can do this. My, I have doubts, but help my unbelief. Um, and 
that's enough for Jesus. You know, he says, uh, I can't remember what he says. I should have wrote, I should have copied it in. Uh, but he says, essentially, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, you have a faithful heart. Yeah, like, go home, your son is healed. Is, is the boy not there? I don't know. Anyway. Um, I want to say, I'll look up the passage real quick and you can keep talking. But yeah. yeah. But the point is that belief is like, is a choice. And if you are making that choice and trusting that God can and will fill in the gaps that you quite don't quite get yet or have a hard time accepting, then you're okay. He will accept that. He'll accept you making the choice to believe even though you don't understand everything. God doesn't need you to understand everything. God needs you to believe what you can and trust him for the rest, right? Uh, and maybe he will fill in the gaps and you'll understand everything. Maybe he won't, but it's about making that choice. Uh, when you let those gaps in your belief prevent you from making the choice to believe, that's what's dangerous. Um, that's what a lot of people run into today in our society. Like, I'm pretty convinced we have a soul. I'm pretty convinced God exists. I'm pretty convinced Jesus exists, existed on earth and died and rose again. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I feel pretty confident in those things. But here's this, like... What about bad things happening to people? What about the Trinity? That doesn't make sense. So I can't, I can't buy in because I have these gaps that I'm not willing to let go of. Essentially, that's what where people get in trouble. Yeah. Um, and that's we're getting into a little apologetics here, but that's what Pascal's wager is about. It's not about um, the premise is essentially like if God is real, yeah, and the Christian truth is real, then you have major problems if you don't believe it and follow up on it. Right. If it's not, you literally have no problems. Same outcome <laughs> as if you believed in it. So right. you should start acting as if you believe in it and give it the benefit of the doubt and see what happens. Um, it's not about, well, if you don't believe you go to hell, so might as well. Um, yeah. It's about getting these people who are sitting at, well, I'm like 80% sure Christianity is true, but I have these other issues so i guess i can't because we are all a lot of us are convinced i need to have a hundred percent of the answers and a hundred percent buy into every single part of it and understand it all or else i can't believe it and that's just not true mm -hmm. it, because like i said belief is a choice yeah because you're not going to understand it all especially before you start believing it <laughs> yeah no i you and i have had the conversation before but this the like the, the people who are just like 100% gung-ho on their faith and just like everything that they mm -hmm. believe. I'm just like, how? I, <laughs> like, how do you... Good for I, you. Like, no, no, no. Like, more, I need to ask you some questions. Lord, help me with my unbelief. You don't ever pray that? Like, I, <laughs> you just believe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but these people in the movie, mm -hmm. they know what is true. Uh, and they may not be able to accept the supernatural and the Christmas magic and all that, but they can accept what is right in front of them. And that's what counts. Also, you know, G as I have to say in everything, Jesus is better than Santa and <laughs> because yes. he doesn't need anyone to believe in him for him to come back from the dead. He just does it because that's what's up. You know, that's what he does. <laughs> that's what the Christmas magic is for. <laughs> the actual Christian magic. Um, <laughs> I hated that. Don't ever say Christian magic, guys. Moving on. <laughs> I can edit that out. No, it's fine. I, I told him not to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I edit out you saying it and just there's like a random warning in the middle. Of like, <laughs> guys, remember, don't say Christian magic. Anyway, moving on. Um, he doesn't need anyone to believe in him for him to do what he does. You know, all the disciples are hiding because they don't know Jesus is, can even come back from the dead. They don't. They're like, this is over or maybe it's not. I don't know, but we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what's going to happen at all. They don't They don't understand what's going on. So clearly their belief is not the thing in bringing him back. God, Jesus is God and he can do as he pleases. Um, and he does what he wants and he wants to rise from the dead because that's what, that's who he is. Yeah, like, he like fun, fundamental to him being on earth. He can't die the way we can. Um like he can, he did die the way we do, 
but he can't stay dead. That's not part of his nature, you know. Yeah. But that's just not something he's going to do. So he comes back. No one needs to intervene for him and say, I believe in you. You can do it. He's not Tinkerbell who's like <laughs> dying and needs us to clap or whatever for. What is it? Clap, it's clapping. Right? I think it's clapping. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't need us for any of that. He's just going to come back. Um, he is actually, he's the one who intervenes on our behalf yeah. in his death and in his resurrection. He is intervening for us and, and making, uh, us new and, and speaking on our behalf. He does not need us to come back to life. He does not need us to do anything that he can do because we are not necessary, but he is, um, so, yeah, that's why Jesus is better than Santa in this movie. You're welcome. <laughs> My brain keeps wanting to hear you say better than Satan. And I'm like, yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> it's like the point. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point of that was you believe in what you can and you make that choice to trust that God will fill in the gaps or will make you okay with the things you're not sure about right now rather than just letting those things control you. And that's what these people do. Um, and that's what matters. And that's what is acceptable. Because none of us are going to get to that 100%. I have all the answers. You're always going to have to make the choice to say, I don't have all the answers, but I have enough answers. I know what's right in front of me. And I'm going to choose to believe. Um, the second point I want to make is more of a apologetic parallel. Um, and apologetics is, um, I'm sure you all know, but <laughs> is making a case for a rational faith in, in Christ, um, in Christian ideology. Um, and it is often said that all of Christianity hangs on the resurrection, which I would say is true. I mean, it's a Christianity without the resurrection in some form is really 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 not recognizable as christianity at all yeah. it's just what are you talking about christ is in the name if we're not gonna believe in what christ did um what are we talking about <laughs> yeah um so for apologetic reasons if the resurrection is true then christianity is definitely true and if it is false then christianity is almost definitely false. So as a Christian, we can look into the uh, what's called the minimal facts argument for the resurrection. It's just, here's the things everyone can agree on, and let's look at what the, the most plausible explanation for those things is. Yeah. So everyone can um, agree. Um, Jesus definitely died. Jesus definitely died. There certainly was an empty tomb which women found there were multiple uh, independent eyewitnesses, some of which were not believers at the time and had no reason to like hallucinate this. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and were converted by what they witnessed, including James, the brother of Jesus, who definitely knew who Jesus looked like and had no reason to believe that his brother would come back because he didn't believe Jesus was God at all. He thought he was crazy. Um, he had no incentive to change his mind, and yet he did. And most, if not all, of the primary eyewitnesses were willing to die for their beliefs. It's not as if they made up this story and then were willing to die for it. If you're lying about something, you say you're lying about it to save your own skin. Um <laughs> So these are the facts. There's an empty tomb, which women found, which were unreliable witnesses. But if it's true, it's true. And that's what happened. Uh, Jesus definitely physically died. Um, uh, enemies of Christ were converted by these uh, eyewitness testimonies and their own, uh, what they witnessed themselves. Um, and these people who, if you want to say they all lied, uh, they definitely had a chance to admit to that and save their own skin and they refused to so we take those pieces and that's the minimal case there's other and there's a consensus on all these facts meaning 85 90 95 percent of people who look into this scholars or <clears throat> that are christian secular anti-christian they can all admit these things that if they aren't true not much of what we know about <laughs> the world um can be true um so these are just the minimal facts that we can agree these are true. Uh, whether you believe in God or not, somehow we have to make an explanation for these facts. 
Um, and so for me and for many Christians, the most plausible explanation is that Jesus really did die and did, really did rise on the third day um, and appear to many people. Um, and alternative explanations for this are very uh, exceedingly more complex. Uh, there has to be a twin brother of Jesus that no one knew about. Um, there has to be Jesus didn't really die. Somehow the crucifix wasn't good enough to kill him. Um, Which is quite the claim. There has to be a, let's say... Um, what is it? An earthquake that opened a hole in the tomb and swallowed up Jesus's body. There had to be a mass hallucination event that no one can prove is even possible on scientific terms that everyone would agree on. There has to be people who are running around, let's say Paul, running around killing everyone who believes this, changing his mind for no good reason. Um because he feels like it. Um, <laughs> there's not there. It just the ability to explain all of that through is incredibly complex unless you just accept the most simple explanation that the truth is that Jesus died and rose again. And if you want some a resource on that, you can look into the case for Christ. Uh, yeah. There's a book about it. Um, there's another book, Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. There's a bunch of books about it. Go look into them. <laughs> um, there's just, these are the facts, and there's not really a good way to explain them outside of the biblical narrative. Um, so to me, that's very convincing. Now, I have other reasons to believe in God. But again, like I said, I am a Christian, not because I believe God exists. You can be a lot of things just on the fact that God exists, but on the fact that Jesus died and rose again, you can't really be anything else but a Christian on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you good? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm... Okay. Um, so to me, you're pretty well set to believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead. But the point is, if you can believe that, uh, the resurrection, resurrection then you're really then are you really going to follow up that all those facts and that belief by saying yeah i know this man was able to rise from the dead on his own accord but he was probably lying about almost everything he said in his life and uh everything he believed about the way the world works he probably didn't know what he was talking about you know no one else can rise from the dead on their own with yeah. no help after being brutally tortured and killed no one else can do that but this guy was mistaken sorry like you're not going to do that that doesn't make sense <laughs> like even even if he was mistaken every once in a while, which I don't concede, but even if he was, like, are are you really going to be the authority on what he was mistaken on? Yeah. He rose from the dead. <laughs> and he, just because he chose to, like, no one came in and fixed him up and brought him back. He's not Frankenstein's monster. He did this himself, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense to then say, well, I don't know. I know he came back from the dead and he was incredibly powerful and understood the world in a way, in ways that none of us can, but he was probably wrong. And um, maybe there's a God, but uh, the, the rest of the Bible can't be true. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty hard to say that. In the same way that in the movie, a man dressed as Santa shows up at a house uninvited on Christmas Eve night and is in the most secure house in America, according to the movie, uh, saves everyone in supernatural ways and comes back from the dead in front of everyone. To If you were to follow that up with, I don't think he's Santa. I think he's lying. That would kind of be ridiculous <laughs> to to look at the plain facts in front of you and say, well, there's nothing special about this man. He was just a nice man who saved our lives yeah. by killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> to, to look at all those facts and not accept the truth that this was Santa Claus is ridiculous. It's, it, it's insanity. And to look at the fact of the resurrection and follow that up with, but he's, he told me I have to wait till marriage to have sex. So that can't be true. Is <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, you good? <laughs> yeah. It's just that, that that's the one you always harp on. I, I find that funny. <laughs> he told me not to lie, but sometimes I want to throw a surprise birthday party for people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh. I don't. These aren't analogous. <laughs> I, anyways, uh, just, what are you talking about? You're uh, to me. 
if you if you can look at the facts and be rational and say, yeah, man rose from the dead, uh, and to fall and to also believe he didn't know what he was talking about, yeah, you're you're a little off base there. <laughs> Maybe pretty, just a little. That's pretty ridiculous to me. These are the plain facts in front of you, and no other explanation can explain every fact, and no other explanation. Um, is as simple and straightforward as this one and has any evidence going for it at all. Um, no one recorded uh, a, a twin brother of Jesus. No one recorded anyone living through a crucifixion. No one recorded uh, an earthquake. There's no evidence at all for any other theory except for this one. So yeah. that's what I accept. And if I, there's no other way to think about it than... This guy must have known what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the same way that there's no other way to think about uh, this Santa Claus movie other than this guy was Santa Claus in the universe with this movie. So that's what's that's just what's true. I'm not going to pretend like there's some other explanation that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so that was a uh, apologetic <laughs> uh, parallel I found in violent night of all things <laughs> and addition to the idea of asking god to help you where you you just can't accept th- certain things and you know you should be able to and uh and saying god help me with my unbelief and if you're willing to say that then god's willing to help you with your unbelief and accept you you know yeah because he's god he's good all the time <laughs> all of the time <laughs> he is good now um you brought up the Case for Faith earlier. And I really love those books, The Case for Faith, Case for Christ, and The Case for, is it just God? Case for Creator. Is that what I it think is? so. Case for Creator. Um, but yeah, those three books, I really like all three of those books. I really appreciate because in those books, they uh, they go through and they specifically like, they're like, oh, here's like a specific question, like in the Case for Christ, for example. They'll be like, okay, here's like one thing, like a common hang up that people have about Christ. Like, we're going to talk to like the foremost expert on this. <laughs> and then yeah, so it's talked about like three or four different people, different backgrounds Yep. Um, that are like they know more about this than anyone else you're ever going to find. Uh, so here we go. Did, did Jesus like take a nap or pass out or something? That's impossible. I wish it was true, but it's impossible. Yeah. um but yeah anyways yeah it's just i i i really those those books were really formative i i went through them in high school Um, oh yeah yeah and those were really formative for me and so yeah you brought that up and i was like ah case for faith um (laughs) case for faith i think is um the one essentially dealing with the problem of evil yeah um yeah yeah no 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 those are those are some solid ones. I haven't. I don't know much about the case for a creator at all. Yeah. Is it talking about like creationism, or is it talking just in general about a um, ultimate being, necessary being the creationism? Um, okay. I mean, there, there. Yeah. I mean, they've also delving because I think there's like one, two chapters devoted to the idea of like the cosmological argument, or yeah, yeah, yeah like the idea of like. Isn't it just like karma? I think there's like a balancing force in the universe. But I mean, also when those books were written, I don't think that that was as big of an argument. Like 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I, either way though, it yes, really, really good books. Really well written. Yeah. Um, um, did you ever see the movie A Case for Christ? No. It was actually re- pretty well acted. Really? Um, and it like... Because I never had any interest in seeing that It's film. essentially the author of the book, Lee Strobel. It's mm-hmm. like his story of him doing the investigation. Oh, really? And his like his wife coming to faith and him like trying to argue her out of it and him eventually coming to faith. Um, but like it's a pretty... It's a pretty dramatic story because he's like torn up because his wife is a believer and yeah. he's an atheist and he thinks he's like he knows everything and <laughs> all these things. Yeah. And he's like angry and he thinks his life is falling apart because he can't accept his wife this way and stuff like that. But it but because it's about that story, it also presents the argument really, really well. Yeah. And it's pretty decently acted acted. So it I'd say it's the best like Christian christian movie i've ever seen yeah which like the the passion of the christ or whatever i i don't 
I don't know if that's like a Christian movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is about Christ, but it was made by Mel Gibson. So, <laughs> yeah. So good movie about a Christian thing. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, check it out, Elias and everyone. <laughs> you can read the book. You can watch the movie. Thanks. Good. Good. Appreciate time. the appreciate the call out. <laughs> but uh, um, thanks for being here. If you have anything to add about Tenet or Violent Night, um, I mean, it, I'm sorry that it's the new year and I'm still talking about a Christmas movie, but uh, that's what it is. And if I, if I still have another idea for a Christmas movie next next week, that's what's going to happen. And you guys can get over it. <laughs> but if you want me to talk about something else. Woo! Polar Express! <laughs> if you want me to talk about something else, email us, message us, whatever us. Get in contact with us. And tell me your idea. And maybe I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll have you talk about it. And I can be quiet for once. Uh, <laughs> you can contact us at ocvepod at gmail.com or ocvepod.com or at ocvepod on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Elias, got anything else to add? Uh, like, comment, and scribble, my guy. Um, yeah, no, um, you'll have a wonderful day. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year. Have fun working out at the gym for like two weeks, my guy. Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you there for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.